presented on for the people is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the constitution created for creating solutions however we the people lack the understanding legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet our rights we take for granted often signing away our chances because we don't really know the circumstances i swear i can't stand it then we're so demanding quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people kind of basic knowledge of the law so this is for the people law in plain language breaking it down for us in layman terms that Expressing her compassion and will for us to learn Not for a check but to address how to win in these streets This show is for you This show is for me It's for the people What's up, what's up, what's up Once again it's on What's the deal, once again it's on Y'all know what time it is. It's time for For the People Law in Plain Language. Coming at you live from GTownRadio.com. The sound from Germantown. I'm Black the Broke Poet in the building. Holding it down for fam. And of course we got uh, the fabulous, super educated, PhD, MD, BA, SA candidate, <laughs> producer in the building. What's up, producer? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's what's up. And we got our our new producer, Hopeful. I'm sorry, what's your name? You guys introduce yourself. My name is Robin Stanton. Hi. Robin in the building, trying to learn the tables and make it do what it do. We got Miss Mary running late. She going to be a part of our show today, but <laughs> last and well, you know most what? definitely. I, Mary, I am not going to let her put you on blast like that. The reason why <laughs> Black's poem, she took up a poem and she had a breath because she just came from running. Hey, from the door. I did it, though. I did it, though. I did it. it came out all right. But but last and most definitely not least, we got the compassionate lawyer, Miss Deborah D. Rainey Esquire. What's up, fam? What's up, fam? Good job on the introduction. Yeah. What's up? What's up, y'all? This is um Tuesday night, eight p.m. for the people. Black told you all that. No, it's not. It's I not. have no idea what Tuesday the title day. is because the producer didn't tell me. Her oh and her and Mary came up with it on their own and kept it secret. Um. And I told you what it was, and you were like, oh, my God, that is so cute. It was something like FDHS or... It's it's Black Man versus the System. Okay. DHS, Antichrist, or Savior, Part 2. But we put the black man on front. Um, Out front. Last week's show, I have no idea what it was. Yes, I do. It was called Buzz Driving, DUI, and... How could you forget? um, All you need to know about DUI. Shout out to Skeet Skeet. What's up, Skeet? Shout out to our other co-host, Hopeful, Brian Silverton. You'll be meeting Brian next week on our mural art show. During our um, 
Help me out. I had an old person moment. Um, I think you've been having that since you started. I think you might have been drinking on your way over here. No. It amazing to be the baby in the that house. Last, At least I remember everything. That was last week when I had the brandy. Oh, when Buzz driving, we talked about um, alcohol and how it impacts our system. We learned that males with muscle, more muscle mass um, structurally in their bodies than women and more water were able to handle alcohol. It didn't affect them as fast. The way it affects women, we learned that BAC from skeet skeet means blood alcohol con- content. And when the blood alcohol content's tested, it's only related to at the time that they take your blood. So it doesn't have any relation to um, when you were driving, depending on the time, uh, the distance and the amount of time that elapsed from when you got arrested to when you got your BAC taken. We also had a bevy of interested callers and texters. Um, one of Skeet Skeet's friends was really helpful and entertaining. And then we had a dude, Nungle Mess Your Name Up, Young Boy, Get Over It. I'm sick. DJ Wanna Man, Dewana, Dewanja Man, what was the man's name? DJ Just oh, man. man. Just, Just man. man. Just Man. Sorry, baby, it wasn't Dewana Man. That was that movie. What's that movie she was in? Dewanja Man or whatever? Dewana Man. What movie was that? That was like the drag queen basketball stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was good. DJ Justman shared with us the whole um, story about the red cup in the colleges. Everybody knows what the red cup means. Our daughter told us. Somebody has a red styrofoam cup, run away because it's got liquor in it. Even though we had fun on the show, we gave you some interesting information. Producer had a conflict, but she wouldn't leave us alone, called all night long. And she offered um, the Buzz Driving audio commercial, which was really interesting. If you missed that show or any of our shows, you can check us out. Um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes for the people law and playing language. We are on iTunes. It's still explicit, but we're trying to get it clean. You can go to Podomatic for the people dot Podomatic P O D O M A T I C dot com. You can go to my website DebraRainyLaw dot com. Um, you can call us up if you want to join in on the conversation tonight. What's the studio line, Black? They can hit us up live at two one five six zero nine four three zero one, or if you too shy to. You too scared to call. You can hit the text line at 215 435 4099. Hit us up. Email for the people law and playing language. I'll strike that. For the people at DebraRadyLaw.com. Hit the Facebook page. Um, for the people law and playing language. Listen, if you call the studio, please don't be spacey like the rest of them people called last week. <laughs> they call, they be trying to hear themselves on the, on the radio or strike that on the computer. Because of the nature of radio waves, guys, whether it's computer or otherwise, there's going to be a, a delay from when you answer, I respond, so on and so forth. Trust us, we record every episode. If you want to hear yourself, go listen to the recorded show. I'm saying all this to say, when you call, because I know you're going to call, please turn down the speakers on whatever device you're listening on, your smartphone, your computer, whatever. Talk to us through your telephone. And if you don't know why I'm warning you of this, go back and listen to our past shows because I will put you on blast and make you feel special. <laughs> we want you to call, but we also want to make sure that our listeners can hear you calling us and hear what you're talking about. Even though Miss Mary was late, um, she's going to be sharing with her her personal experiences with respect to the um, DHS Antichrist or Savior Part 2. And hopefully we're going to get a special treat from Mary's father, who is an African-American man who said he wanted to step up, be a man, and reach out and take care of his kids and raise his kids. So it should be an interesting show. Um, we want to say hi to Robin, who's one of our budding producers. We'll see how she does. 
She's sitting over there looking like a watchful dog, so I'm a little scared. Yeah, I'm just listening, Charlie. I'm a little scared because she's looking all watchful. She put Renee got her already twisted. She observing. Um, yeah, I'm just observing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, Mary was on our show, the first part one of DHS, the Antichrist, our Savior of our families. We also had Carolyn Hill and a woman by the name of... Uh, ma'am, if I forget your name, forgive me. We'll go to the uh, website, get it, and I'll, I'll correct myself over the break. But I have no idea. I can't remember your name. But she was from the Crossroads, Crossroads Women's Resource Center. And Every Mother is a Working Mother Network. It's an interesting show in that Crossroads Resource Center and Every Woman's Working Mother Network decided that they were going to... Um, Oh, my God, I had another old person moment. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to wrap their arms around Carolyn Hill. Carolyn is a, mother, is a mother who had five of her own kids and decided at some point that she wanted to raise two of her sisters, 12 kids, 15 kids, something. And during that show, I think that the consensus of the studio fam was that in that instance, we didn't really see DHS as an antichrist. And Carolyn Hill and the women that were supporting her Every Mother is a Working Mother Network were concerned that they thought DHS was making decisions that were strictly economic related. And um, Carolyn told us about her story and how her sister has drug addictions, drug issues, some court issues. And I was asking her, why didn't the family reach out and get involved before DHS did? They still didn't answer that question. Carolyn Hill and others like you, God bless you for stepping up and taking care of your kids but we need to get involved before DHS does we're going to take a little bit of a break so I can get a shot of some adrenaline or something and we'll be right back, don't go nowhere if not we're going to have to do something to get her awake Start speaking that tree to me I smile overlooking the way that he treated me 
No hate, just some hard feelings on my plate For the things he did and the marks he put on mama's face But we all make mistakes And I see him coming to grip with his sins So if God is willing, how can I not forgive him? See the tears that my eyes poured out We good dad, it's water under the bridge now I'm moving forward Props out to um, DJ Supertang for providing that music for us. Graciously, she stepped in to break up the producer's monotony with damn... Monotony, what's the, what's the monotony, groovy, groovy. Who's the man name that she played all the time? Gil Scott Heron. So DJ Supertang, good looking out, girl. That was Chances Are by Holy Holy. If and you want to check cup- that out or other music on DJ Supertang's playlist... Check her out every Tuesday from 4 to 6 on gtownradio.com. Gtown, the what? The sound from Germantown. If you didn't know, you're listening to For the People, Law and Playing Language. It's me, your girl, your host, Deb Rain, your compassionate lawyer. Joining me is simply the producer. Black gave her all her alphabet, so we ain't going to go back in there. <laughs> we have Black, the broke poet. Yes, sir. Robin, our, our new assistant producer. And Mary, special guest, ex-social worker, DHS Antichrist, Savior, Informative, Extraordinary. What's up, Mary? And let me add late. Down? Let me add late. Oh, my gosh. She's going to never horrible. let you live that. Horrible. So as I was saying on the other side of the break, we did, this is part two of our DHS, Antichrist, or Savior of Our Families. The first show we did, the Every Mother is a Working Mother's Network, their idea, their push was really, really, it's a really good thing because they want to make sure that when DHS does get involved, they get involved and they ensure that they're doing the right things for the family and their um, insistence with respect to carolyn and her situation was that dhs was making a big deal about social economic because the bottom line was carolyn took in her niece and her two nieces at some point the provider agency that was giving her services changed and when they when the provider agency changed their requirements changed and carolyn was saying that they told her that she didn't pass some tests or some things like that and what i said to her was i don't think there's a problem with and i don't have a problem with dhs or any other agency responsible for the care of our kids to require some standards she she made it known she said she didn't have a problem getting a ged or didn't have a problem getting some of the other um licenses and things that dhs wanted her to do i think the bottom line is and no one from the new agency lutheran social services was bold enough to say to her she's not what they're looking for as a family member or support member they just weren't bold enough and i think that was the problem and on top of that they had a better option i mean if it came down to letting the kids go in the system or carolyn i don't see why they wouldn't let them go with carolyn but the, the kids had a, a another family member right that took them in that was a little bit more well off than Car- what was her name Karen Carolyn Carolyn was. was so that's where I, I guess the problem came in with Carolyn and, and, and she just couldn't see that well no it wasn't just her though every mother's and working woman was, was backing her up right because their issue was the kids had been with Carolyn for a few months and they went to this family out this distant relative in Germantown who had a bigger house more kids a teenager Carolyn said straight up well that's not fair because this family's just going to make the teenager watch him they're going to put him in daycare and none of us had a problem with that so what uh, that's what people do with their kids every day and that don't mean you're not going to be loved I understand what 
what she's saying, having been there with the kids when they were young and the like, but I think that at the end of the day, if that's going to put those kids in a better situation, I don't have a problem. Well, you know, I also don't think that it was just about finance, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to address the big elephant in the room. <laughs> I think that there is, there was, what was absent was Chicken. a <laughs> basic level of education. And, and, and everybody, my mother had a third grade education, but that's a whole nother story that Mary and I talked about from Mother's Day. That's a whole nother story, that bitch. But Ooh. if you have a Porter. third grade education, I don't think that you should be in charge of raising kids. I remember when my sister worked at some point um, for public school system. She was one of the aides in the room where you go in and she started off volunteering because her kid was in school and then eventually they paid her. And I remember her calling me some years later and her and some co-workers were upset because they were making them go get GEDs and high school diplomas. And I'm like, what? You don't have one? Well, they, they let people in the public school system helping with the kids and they don't have a high school diploma? So no, I have a, bill, a big problem with that. So I think that to be charged with having a child if you look care. at the faces of the rest of us in the room on the mics and are quiet we're all looking at her and saying are you serious let me let me let me take a consensus mary black robin how many of y'all agree with renee that you have a problem with someone that, with a third grade education raising kids if you say you agree well, say i agree a third grade education and it's evident when you open your mouth i think that it has I, to be I, I, only response is i agree or i disagree and say your name and what you do. Don't be chicken. I disagree to an extent. Deborah. Go, Mary. I, I dis She's standing with my butt. I have to disagree with that. Oh, that's an ugly ring just like Renee wears, but it's really big. No, this is by Moon Jewelry. Okay. Bless you, child. Shout, Shout out. out. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Moon Jewelry. Um, he's the designer. He's known throughout Philadelphia with some hot pieces. And that's a hot piece. So I'm going yes, to have to check is. him out. Hotness, hotness. So I guess I because I'm a soft butch, I don't get it, huh? Well, they they not hot to me. It's cold in here. Black disagree or agree? Or, uh, uh, disagree or agree? Going once, going I, twice. Do you agree? Say I, it. No, I, I, I. Robin disagree or agree? I think I disagree. Okay, put the mic up to your mouth. Yeah, Say I, it again. I do. I disagree right. with that. And when they finish, what you were saying, darling? So I just think that it's an option for foster care. What's an option for foster care? If, if that, that's a family that's an option for foster care and there's someone else in the family. I'm, and I'm not even talking about the money. Somebody has a better house. Someone makes more money. That's not even an issue. But what is that child, how far are they going to grow if the person that's raising them can barely speak a, a, right. a, I'm, everything that came out of her mouth? I wish just everything inside of me was cringing. Like, what did she say? What does that mean? Wow. Well, apparently let me say, let me say, say, let me say this to you. When I said I agree, uh, it was, I disagree, it was conditional. I agree with you in that if someone with a third grade education can't operate with that third, third, third level education and still teach those kids how to thrive and strive and want more than I agree with you. But I know a lot of folks, one of my clients in particular, doesn't have a lot of schooling, but she has made school top priority for her kids. She has explained to her children and given them that that talk about what her personal sort well, of shortcomings are. Well, my understandings from what she has you know said what? You last week so was that... <laughs> uh, so cozy. Stop uh, it. The, 
concern stop it. my ch- children is my didn't my um, concern to go to come on stop to my if she did say that her sister it. was her sister was diagnosed with lying i was trying to figure <laughs> out what diagnosis that was but but, but 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 if she can't speak it and she don't want the kids but to go she to the school it, recognize then it, she how has can a, those kids it Know it See, that's bad. that they is should be in school. It okay, but they shut up. <laughs> listen, she's right. It was the elephant in the room. So but, during but, the you know time when saying? Carolyn was here, her son was here, and um, Salim was here. I think that's her name. If I got your name wrong, please forgive me. No one wanted to say it, but aside from her sort of obvious um, intellectual and sort of cognitive challenges. <laughs> It was also almost as if there were some other organic things going on, perhaps some mental health difficulties, but I'm not sure. And I'm trying my best not to laugh, but Black is over there cracking up. I think that to, to, for Lutheran Children's Services didn't know how to say to Carolyn, you're not that specimen that we're looking for because of these deficiencies. And what they tried to do was they tried to do it the right, the sort of, politically correct way of disqualifying her as a provider under them and according to her the folks that initially gave her their services was Tabor they were disqualified from foster care services and just merely visitation and clearly Tabor their um, requirements for their homes changed it wasn't the same as Lutheran now I'm not going to say that just because you have a third grade education you can't love a child exactly and I'm not going to say because you have a third grade education you can't provide a loving home for a child and that you can't but speak missing, in better English than that but there, what's missing beyond that though we need to see and I needed to see more of and it wasn't enough time to see that what and how are you going to motivate those kids to reach for their dreams if you stop short of where you stopped at it's different if you stop short there because you had to go work, help take care of family and whatever. But her work consisted of babysitting other kids in the neighborhood. So I think that without more there, and clearly, obviously, DHS found that that distant relative who owned their own business and had some other things going for them was a better option. I'm not judging either one, nor is anyone on our staff, notwithstanding our... Um, no, 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 Producers, no. Uh, I think melee that there's that something, that's something to be said about each generation getting better. My father had a college degree. My mother had a third grade education. I left home when I was 14 or 15 because I knew everything. I was pregnant like right after now. that. What? I knew everything? I'm doing everything now. I just know more than I did then. Um, Seven-year marriage, that was shit. Um, and it took me a long time, which is why at 55 and a half, I'm just now getting to my PhD. So there is something about each generation getting better. But you have to acknowledge at some point that I need to get better. I want my child to have more than me. But if you think where you're at is fine and you're not interested in sending them to school, then there's a problem. Well, no, let's let's be honest. She didn't. She she. Well, I'm not going to lie. She did say she. They were going to be sent off to, to daycare. Not she didn't love. want them in daycare. They were going to be there with her, and she was going to give them all the loving that 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 they needed it all day without going nowhere. Okay, so Mary, I see you over there frowning up your face and about to snap. What you finna say? You know, um, and put your mic right up to the mouth. Okay. Wait a minute. Strike that. Rewind. Put your mic mouth up to the mic. There you go. Listen, y'all. If you want to call in and respond, I know some of y'all heard the show. Call it and respond. Be on the producer's side or call her what I call her all the time, <laughs> bougie. 
can be very well sure. at for sure. to take care of children because it's about the love and safety and they can also promote children See, to the next level. I'm not sure if it wise. was mental health or if it was cognition. Well, I was just going to say they're that's not I, always I mean, mutually right. exclusive and they're it's not but, synonymous but, but, either. But in that case, I think there was some cognitive cognition. Right. I I that's what I believe. There was definitely there. So Apparently. I, but, so let me ask you a question. Was my little imitation of her, was that pretty accurate? Or was it? That was... It was colorful and it was colorful commentary and mean but real. Yeah, I said okay. she was keeping it real. She was keeping it real, 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 real. How you said it, real, real. Well, Deb, I got a text asking you a very similar question to what you just asked Mary. It said, "Do you believe that that woman could care for those kids in an acceptable way?" Me? Yeah, you. Yes, I believe that Carolyn truly exhibited that she loved those children. My concern went beyond that. What can she do beyond the point? Here's the problem. Given what she presented, that cognitive limitations, I'll call it, right? At some point in my foster care life, I wasn't put with families who had a lot of degrees. One of my foster homes, their daughter went on to be a doctor. She's amazing. Her father had a third grade education. I'm not sure how far along mom went. But at some point when that child surpasses the adult, then what happens? You get a crazy, psychotic, chip-on-their-shoulder teenager like me who played a lot of mental games with the parents because at some point I recognized that my intellectual capacity superseded theirs, exceeded theirs. And so my concern with Carolyn and those two kids is just that. When those children get to that stage when they recognize their mental and their intellectual abilities are out are gonna go beyond what Auntie Carolyn offers, they're gonna have that option to go left, right, or straight. Can she keep up with them? I'm not so sure. Doesn't mean she can't love them, but I don't know what she can give them beyond when they get to that stage where they're gonna be asking questions. Ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking about um, our last show, DHS, Antichrist or Savior. We got off course a little bit. Um, and Carolyn, if you're listening or if anybody from Every Mother is a Working Network or the Women's Crossword, Crossword Women's Resource Center, we applaud you for your work, but we ask that you go a little bit deeper than what it seems like you were willing to go with this particular case. Good luck with the appeal issue. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special treat for us. Um, before we get there, we're going to have Miss Mary tell us a little bit about Mary the person and her background, and then we have a special treat for our listeners. Tonight's show is called FDHS, a.k.a. Black Man something. Black Man versus... No. Uh, See, they all looking at me because they don't know. You're listening to www.gtownradio.com. Gtown, the what? Sound from Germantown. Act like you know this is for the people law in plain language. Black men and black women from Jupiter. Black black men versus the system. DHS Antichrist or Savior Part Two, aka DHS. I got this. That's a long title. I came up and with And when that. I suggest, no, you didn't marry him. <laughs> oh, no. I only came up with FDHS. No, I would no, that never was say that. Oh, that was I me. came that was up you. with And that was in special recognition to Tanya Armstrong. Y'all remember Tanya? Look at Barry's face. She's like, see? She's so wrong. You remember Tanya Barry? Tell no us who comment. Tanya <laughs> I plead the fifth. 
She got the fifth written all over her face. Exactly. I am no representation of the Department of Human Services. So that's the producer pointing. I'm sorry, that is the host pointing as she's coughing. Um, and pointing for us to continue, but we're we got uh, one more comment. I got Mama Black on, and I got it. She says, "I'm sure she loved them." Speaking uh, about Carolyn and the kids, I'm sure she loved them, but she didn't even understand why she was not a qualified caregiver. Again, it was some cognitive deficiency. She understood. She just wouldn't accept it because, as Renee said, and that part of what she said, I wholeheartedly agree with certain generations we have certain ideas and certain things that we consider and carol and jade's group and older don't do as i do do as i say right fortunately as the generations have gotten older and more wiser and smarter and cared enough we're starting to say no we're not only going we're not going to do what you do we're not going to do just what you say we want to see what you do so we can decide to do that or do something else i think that because when i asked carol remember what kind of tests they give her they didn't give me no tests <laughs> they she have standards Texas. for you. Yeah. Yes, but they wanted me to take a parenting capacity test. I think that's what she was saying. And so I said to her, "That's what those what those are what the standards are." So how do we get back on that show that. again? Because Mama Black had a comment. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because you were coughing. And so talk. Mary, <laughs> give the listeners a little um, piece of your your journey from a youngster to where you sit now with the. Moonraker's jewelry is that what it is? Moonraker. No, again, shout out. This shout is a moon. I'm sporting his jewelry. A moon. A moon. He's African. Uh, Mr. A moon. For every time they say your name on the show, you get some props, and you need to send us two two cents. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Um, First of all, I am grateful again to be back on the show, and I believe you want me to go into my poetry piece or just share. Yes. Okay, this is a particular piece that basically is self-explanatory. I named it Mother's Love Joan Blues simply uh, because my mother did not raise me. My father ended up coming back to get his children, the children of uh, his four children, my mother's last four children. Not the children of the corn? No, out of foster care. And so this is sort of like an ode to both parents. That's sweet. Is there a gun in there? Hmm. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, you might as well say we was kinfolk to Jesus. Born in a system called the manger. Nobody wanted to take us in. She preached the greatest thing in life is understanding. She should know because she lived life as a hoe. Love was not the key to unlocking her mentality. You had to go on where she's been and been where she's gone in order to have a relationship. If your views did not meet her issues and you did not use, then you would never understand her psyche nor taste her love Joan blues. You see, her hours was five to nine. And if you wanted that time, you needed to be dropping them dimes because she had all nines. Kids, that is. The first at 13, the last at 42. Dun, 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 dun. Here's the story of my mom, the lady in the shoe, and she didn't know what to do. So all nine had to go so she could rest. The first five went to DHS while the streets was home for the last four. So she had no more responsibilities, that is. 
She was free. She was free to keep company with all types of men. Mr. Johnny Walker, Vodka, Jack Daniel, and don't forget O.E. visited every day. She knew no other way. They gave her love and acceptance. A temporary fix. One little, two little, three little, four, five, six years past that is. And I was doing time. Where was my mom? Mary, you and your siblings will have a surprise visit today. <laughs> One little, two little, three little, four hours had passed a no-show. Ring, ring, auntie, can you come get us out of foster care? Cousins, where are y'all? Can anyone pay the bell and get us out this foster care systematic jail? Uncle, are you there? Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, I knew this cup would pass. The Redmonds, my deceased foster parents, taught me to have faith and that trouble didn't always last. They say what doesn't kill you only makes you strong. Boy, was they wrong. My childhood, I knew no more. Did I forget to mention that we were very poor? Yet, my father prayed. God's love never delayed. Part of the master's plan, picking up my dad off the street, eating food out of garbage cans on heroin. This is my dad's story. Truly, only God gets the glory. Dad picked his bid up and began to believe again. And now hope restoration seed is birthed in the heart of his four children. My siblings, I can breathe again. Breathe again. Now we celebrate in life in all four seasons. Struggling to understand my mother's plight. I put my hands up. My stepmother, I tried to fight. I broke dad after school rules while sitting on bar stools. Drunk in a stupor, my mother would show up. She said, girl, look at me and don't judge the contents of this cup. She asked, which one is greater, love or understanding? I said, love. She said, no, my child, it is understanding. For it is the key to unlocking mental mysteries and paves the way for love to take place. She said, listen, my daughter, it will teach you to go the distance in life's race. She said, and teach you not to judge, yes, even fools. She said, until you have learned to walk a mile. She said, look at me, daughter, until you have learned to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. She said, never judge your mothers. Love, Joan. Blues. Peace. Wow. Wow. Goodness gracious. In the beginning of your poem, when you talked about the times to visit, waiting for mom to come to the little... In Philly, the um, Children's Services is called DHS. In Pittsburgh, CYS. And I related to that. Took me back to when I was five, the first time we waited for someone. They told us it was our mother that was coming. And y'all know, I don't know if those of you that don't know me, I don't wear dresses. No skirt, none of that. Girl, they put a little skirt on me, pigtails, and had me sitting there coloring, telling about your mother's coming. I looked at my foster mother and said, well, ain't you my mother? What, what, what? So that was a really powerful piece. Yeah, sure. What does it make? It, I know it impacts you. We got a caller, caller, caller. You're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people, law and playing language. It's Deb Brady, your host. Who this? This is, uh, this is Pat. Hi, um, Pat. I, How are you? I'm okay, except I'm, I'm Ladies completely and gentlemen, outraged. Pat's calling from Every Mother is a Working Mother Network and the Crossworld Women's Resource Center. Why are you outraged, Pat? I'm outraged because you have uh, the way that you have slandered and mocked Carolyn on the show today. I think it's completely it's, it's unfortunate that yeah. It's unfortunate you took it as mocking. It wasn't mocking. It well, was something that... that came across and, and that I, you had a very superficial interaction with Carolyn 
we have worked with her for months. But, but Pat, 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 listen to me. None of you has sat down with that woman and been honest with her and said, these resources are not going to give you that child because you present the way you do. How many of you have been bold enough to do that? Don't dare call my show telling me I'm superficial when you guys are playing this bullshit game. Never had the courage to say to her, get your education together, get your cognitive skills in order, and then come back. Don't call me with no bullshit. If you're going to call me, be real. If you're going to support her and mothers like her, be real to her and stop being fake. Don't call me with no shit. Well, I, I think that you need to... <laughs> Ladies okay. and gentlemen, if you're going to call the show and call me out, I'll take that. But don't call me with no nonsense. Pat Albright, shame on you and the rest of your folks in your center if you're not going to be honest to these people. All of you knew when you met her what her issues are. Not one of you were bold enough to stand up and say to her, Carolyn, here's what we think you need to be. How many of you, when you talk to her face-to-face, we spent 10 minutes with her. You guys have been with her for six months. How many of you stood up and said to her, we think they see something in you that means you have some mental challenges or some cognitive challenges? None of you. Maybe so don't they, give me that bullshit. Maybe they think that that's the best that we, as a people, so, can do. And that's what I'm thinking. Pat and the rest of you guys, if you're going to judge me, judge yourselves. You sit here and tell me DHS thinks about money. This case was not about money. It was about the fact that Carolyn did not provide the strongest possible source for those kids. Be honest and be real about that. Don't call me with no bullshit. Was it kind of rough the way Renee portrayed it? Sure it was. But it was honest, and at least we were honest enough to say it, and you guys weren't. And you're wasting her time filling her head with bullshit because you know no appellate court is going to overturn the trial court. And if you're going to take on other women like Carolyn, be honest with them and don't blow smoke up their ass. And the, the shame on you if you think that's all black women that live in the hood can offer because that's what it sounds like you're saying. So doubly shame on you. You want to come back on the program? Call me a liar to my face. Come on back on. Bring me a few more of your mothers and show me that you really do care about these families and aren't doing this white consciousness bullshit. Let's get back to where we were going. You know, your poem was very moving. It really was because I had tears coming a lot from, of my from the back of my. I got childhood. was. Well, did I go too far afield with that one, or was I real? I think he was real. Uh, Go ahead. But I, I just want to just again put out there that there are biases uh, in the system as far as social economical status and educational levels. Um, but is that a bias? In, in Carolyn's no. situation, it's not a bias. It's no, a every real situation, legitimate concern. But see, a good social worker will see every family or a person working with families will see every family uniquely and different or else what you tend to do is what works for a will not work for b but if you don't see everyone as unique you'll give the same uh but, treatment to each but family. it seems to me listening to carolyn and pat's little outrage there and the other lady that was here that's what lutheran did they didn't come in and say we're taking these kids right away they gave her certain tests to perform she didn't satisfy them i know that carolyn said at some point during her her telling of her story that they lied and said this, lied and said that, 
But when I asked her whether or not they evaluated and tested her, at first she said no. Then as she started to tell her story, that's exactly what they did. She didn't satisfy their standards. And there's nothing wrong with that. And shame on Pat and women like that for ignoring those standards. Don't sit here and tell me that it's okay for a woman in the ghetto, a black woman, with a third grade education or whatever education she has, no GED, and that you don't before these other agencies get involved if you really cared and help her raise herself up. That's nonsense. To say it's okay, Carolyn, we're going to wrap our arms around you, let you stay where you are, limit what you're going to reach for. We don't care that you're not, not going to reach for anything and give those kids some hope to strive for. We're just going to wrap our arms around you and let you stay where you are. That's bullshit. That's, and that's exactly what she's saying. What's, what's your outrage for? Because we pointed out what we saw in Carolyn, unfortunately, was the reason that Lutheran Services didn't think she was a good fit for those kids. And if they really cared, they would have saw that and told her that. But it's, it's, and not coddle her. But what you want to, it, it's just a flip side to that, and I'm just going to hit that and miss it. You just want to be careful that you you don't want to get into the practice or no worker should get into the practice of snatching kids out of a home based on educational levels again what you want to do with each individual family is fortify the family right if, as long as the children are safe their needs are met and you fortify the family with community resources that can launch them into a better position but if her lack of education I, I don't think it's a lack of education I just think it's a cognitive deficiency perhaps <laughs> well it was it was definitely somebody a said somebody said black attacks that said Deb has been diagnosed with the BS detector disorder <laughs> wow <laughs> listen ladies and gentlemen here's what I want to say uh, Pat Albright and her folks do a wonderful job. Their mission is to help keep families together. I get that. But you can't help keep families together without going deep in and seeing what family you're keeping together. And aside from all that, I kept asking Carolyn, you guys knew your sister was a drug user. Why did it take DHS to come in and get those kids? What was her response to me? Her sister lies and said, what the hell does that have to do with caring for the kids? So let's put her educational shit aside. She did this for the fucking money she got from DHS. Come on now. Come on. You knew every child your goddamn sister had, DHS came in and took them. You didn't do shit. And your answer to me on the air is she lied. Give me a break. Give me a motherfucking break. All you had to do was go over there and get them children. I'm not blaming this solely on Carolyn. What I'm saying is those social groups out there don't goddamn call to your clientele. If you're going to help them, damn it, help them. Well, you know, it says something about how... And I'm not going to sit here and and say you're God's gift to to the, the nonprofit world when you're full of shit. And when you come across and you can't convince me that you have a real legitimate non-race related issue. How many of your family members and the women that you help there that aren't black are in the same position that Carolyn's in? None. Well, the part, this, this is the thing. I think that you, you have all these people that are starting these nonprofits. And if you have one and maybe you... For whatever reason, you're not getting the people or the funding that you want. Sometimes I can see where someone will kind of go to folks who aren't really. Okay, they're Kalen Hill. 
So, which means that they're not the best candidates. That's the only person. You go to their web, website, that's all that's f- splattered all over that website. But which you, means that you got to pick you a worthwhile. Why don't they go out into the African American community as a whole? Reach out to African American leaders and say, we have this, we want to wrap our arms around this DHS issue because we think DHS comes in and unfairly targets poor black families and takes kids away because they're on the lower rung of the socioeconomic ladder. Did y'all do that? Fuck no. You didn't do that. And you're going to call him me and tell me you're outraged? Well, damn it, I'm outraged. I let you come on to this show so you can tell the rest of the world what you offer and you offer bullshit. I'm sorry, my, my temperature's flaring and I got a fever. We taking a cigarette break. Um, no. Well, no, we're taking... Dad's on the line. I need to open the door because I'm burning up. We are going to get Dad on the line. We're going to take a short break. Carolyn, uh, I mean, Carolyn Hill, Pat Albright, if you guys are out there listening and you want to call in and talk to me real and don't give me no bullshit about being outraged, then call back and talk to me. But don't you dare point a finger at me when you need to turn around and shine that mirror on your ass. Are we off?
a little butt, but still enough stuff to get a punk snuffed. Stuck in the back of a trunk, gagged up or handcuffed for those who try to man up. Like son who was my brother's man, but it was luck that night he didn't get stuck. Cause he punked out hot and behind tree trunks. Them times was weed skunks and nicknames like Pete Funk, the green truck. Flooring it, ignoring the speed bumps. Hearing Pete bump by the breeze trunk. RX7 glistening, me sunk, shotgun listening to reminisce and such. Make up and break up with boys I couldn't take up to the house. So if I took them, they was unannounced. Feeling like I gotta bounce cause I'm changing. But thank God I stayed there knowing hearts was aching. Brenda, Alexa, Kenya Patricia, Keisha, Kalia, Nia Batanya, Alana, Natasha, Tawanda For all the little girls, daddy's little girls Getting grown, away from home, on my own Dorm rooms tight like leotards Hardly see my squad, it being hard It's hard not to see men with dreams of semen charged Seamen getting charged for nonsense Consequence, large enough to have him sent behind bars Pops would be charged if he knew I was involved Calling the bells, bondsmen to resolve the issue Nights filled with tissue boxes of Kleenex Seeing glocks and blocks of weed sex Mixed with X, not talking about the MC Too late now to debate about the birds and bees STDs, pregnancy, infidelity, chivalry, or the lack thereof. How a man should treat a woman that he loves like your daughter. Put her on before she caught up. For Jennifer, Brenda, Alexa, Kenya. Patricia, Keisha, Kalia, Nia. For Tanya, Alana, Natasha, Tawanda. Welcome back to For the People Law and Playing Language. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dad Brandon, your host, a compassionate lawyer. Before we go to the caller on hold, I want to apologize to those listeners out there. If my use of foul language was offensive in any way, that was not my intention. But y'all know me from listening to the show long enough to know I keeps it real. Could I have said and expressed what I was feeling with different language? Yes, but I chose to swear because it, it sort of emphasized what I was feeling. To Pat Albright, to Carolyn Hill. Every mother is a working mother's network. All of you guys, if you are still outraged, call me back with some legitimate responses. Mary, Mary, that poem was spectacular and Thank very you. moving. Thank we you. have a caller who called specifically for Miss Mary. Caller, call, you're on the air. Thanks for calling for the people, law, and plain language. Who's this, please? It's Jazz. What's up? Hi, Jess. <laughs> Hi, Jess. She's excited. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi. Jess is a prolific poetess and singer. And All right, Jess, hit us with something. Just a real quick piece. Give us something. <laughs> oh, baby, you better know, but okay, you caught me. You just, I would just say, do something. Listen, touch us. You got 30 seconds. One, two, three. It's all you. Go, girl. 
This is not about me. This is about my friend Mary. It's her night. Uh, but Mary's I'm not okay. She, but you, we not. We just want to see what you I just called in to, to love on her and encourage her and all that she does. Okay, she's not Thank coward. you. Jazz no, coward. she's okay. bad. She's where can we see her? What, Mary, Jazz, where can we see you at? At Mary's next event. And when's that? <laughs> yes, that was hot. The next event for um, my artistic production company, Prophetic Presentations, is May the 4th. The Queendom and You, that's our Word Feast uh, poetry event. It's right. monthly from May to August. It's going to be at Opportune, Opportunity Inc. 1016 South Street from 6 to 9 p.m. May the 4th. Is there a class to get in? Uh, yes, it's $10. We have a discount price now to the 15th. Afterwards, it's 12 15 at the door. Holla at your girl. 267-257-1451. Jazz, thanks for the love. Maybe we'll get you to share something with us next time. Thank you. Our peace and blessings. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, the poem that Mary shared with us was just amazing. Thank and you. you could feel the emotion with which she prepared that piece and also presented that piece. And it was very, very sort of relevant with these these two shows and discussions that we're having with respect to DHS. And I have to say, based on what we've talked about thus far, I'm still on that side of DHS being the savior of our kids mm. in certain aspects. Yes, but I'm not going to go back on what I said in my capacity as an attorney, knowing that um, sometimes DHS workers forget that they are about the kids and try to, you know, their own little super hat on and do what it is they want to do over the break you you listen to juggernauts daddy's little girl once again thank you dj super tang check her out every tuesday from four to six here on gtimeradio.com on hold we have a black man who decided he was going to clean himself up get himself together pull himself up by his bootstraps Beat that big H monster and take his kids, love his kids, and raise his kids. God bless you, Mr. William Pitts, Jr. Mr. Pitts, are you there? Um, can you hear me? Okay. Okay. So, where, where are you calling from? I can hear North Carolina listeners out there. Hit us up if you can hear Mr. Pitts. Mr. Pitts, you heard your daughter Mary's poem. How did it, how did it impact you, sir? So, Mr. Pitts, a part of Mary's poem suggested that you had a. A little bit of uh, history. Tell us a little bit about your journey to get back to taking your kids away from the system. Okay, give us a minute. We're having a little bit of a technical issue. So while the producer works on that technical issue, Mary, how old when you when you were a youngster? How old were you when um, you went into foster care? I believe I was I was going into I was about to turn seven, about seven years old, and. Do you have that that history like a lot of um, kids have where they go into the system, come back home, go back in the system, come back home? Or how did that work for you guys? Uh, we were basically uh, in the system for about about eight years. Okay. We got Mr. Hitz, but Mr. Pitts back on. Mr. Pitts, thank you so much. So I think the question I asked you while we were... Um, before the technical difficulties got in the way, is and, and I hope you don't um, find my questions too offensive. And if you do, just ignore me because I'm nosy. 
um, Mary had mentioned in her poem that you had a sort of a monster on your back as it relates to the big H. How old were you when you when that addiction hit you? Oh, was I when addiction hit me? Yes, sir. I was just out of the penitentiary. I guess that was 1964, 65. And, and what had you, when you say penitentiary, I'm assuming you mean the federal system? I mean the... You still there? Yes, I mean that, yes. Okay. And how long were you in the um, penitentiary? Five years. Wow. And when you, while you were in or before you went in, were you aware that you had kids out there? Uh, no, well, while I was there, my, my habit didn't start until I got out. I didn't have a habit then. Oh, okay. And the habit started when I got out. Is it, were you, I, I guess I'm curious because most of the folks that I deal with in my business as a criminal lawyer, their habits are what land them in the penitentiary. I'm not sure that there's no, many that I, I, I have. I went in the penitentiary as a 14-year-old boy. Uh, 14? I came home from military school, and I brought my weapon home, and some of the fellows on the corner just took my weapon, and they went out in Montgomery County and robbed the bank and, oh my God. and uh, killed the guard, and I was charged with accessory to uh, armed robbery and murder. At 14 years old, they charged you as an adult and put you in the... Good God Almighty. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, wow. Well, I don't know if you... Uh, you might not be old enough. During that time, they had a, uh, they had a judge who who had made up his mind that he was going to do away with uh, uh, the, the black problem, um, young men in, in the city. And uh, he did a pretty good job with it. Oh, baby, well, and, I'm old enough uh, for not. Because of my size, not so much my age, uh, at 14, I was six foot one and weighed well over 200, maybe 35 or 40 pounds. Wow. Uh, I, they were, at that time, there was no, no youth place for me. And I ended up in an adult uh, situation. Jesus God! Which well, ended up being a blessing in the long run. Well, Mr. Pitts, um, I, I, I hate to say this, but we got some judges now that in the, in 2013 think they're going to do away with the black problem. So it, it, wait, 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 it history up, don't. I said I, we I, got I some. We got some judges now that in 2013 still think it's their mission to get rid of the black problem. So nothing's changed as far as that goes. So when you got out and you... Well, what has, what has changed? Uh, now that I've been, uh, since that time, I've been a policeman and disabled and uh, ordained minister and have visited many, many penal uh, institutions. The penal in institutions today compared to when I was in, uh, in uh, behind the walls, it's it's a joke. I mean, the the, the uh, it's not really a, a deterrent. Um, if, if you have a person that's supposed to be uh, turned around uh, and lose his privileges as a citizen, if if you're, if you're behind the wall and you can have sex, you can have a TV, you got a computer, you got a telephone. I mean, what are you really taking away from me? I mean, uh, you have the same thing I have, and you don't have to even work for it. Well, I think that that I think that exists because we went from being a city uh, a civilization who wanted to punish our wrongdoers then we wanted retribution for our wrongdoers then we at some point in the 70s and 80s said we're going to rehab our wrongdoers and now in 2013 all we want to do is house these wrongdoers you feel me i think well, the it's, housing is not doing the trick and it's, it's not a deterrent and uh, it's but it's not very, very sad I, I i you know a lot of times um uh, I look at I look at people people design buildings 
and uh, supermarkets and doorways and for the handicap, and they never they never let the handicap uh, have anything to do with it. If you want to design a, a building, you need to get a rehab. Uh, 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 you need to get somebody who's been in prison, somebody who's been behind the walls, and let them teach you how to and what not to do. Amen. If you want to do something mm, about the powerful. handicap, you need to get a handicapped person and ask them what do you think would be best for them. But I think the it, issue... It one to no one. You're right, but the and, issue today and, uh, is... I, I found that to be uh, the, the most effective uh, method in almost anything. Uh, today, uh, very little of that goes on that I know of. They don't reach back. They don't get information from <laughs> people who who have made a change in their life and has been through things. They make changes uh, from a technical point of view. Because uh, they, they don't care. Our society nowadays is for, is designed around people going to jail and, this, and the, the cities, communities, counties making money off of it, right? That's all it's about right now. Let's build more, yeah, we'll build There's more jails, put more people in those owned. jails. Right, right, that's all it is. And, and that's very sad. So but let's go to... All, uh, if a young man uh, wants to make a change in his life, it falls back on the individual. And when a person makes up their mind, I want to do this, I'm going to do that, and they'll do just that. When did you I, make I, up your I mind? I any nation of people that, that could be stronger and more determined and more diverse than a black man. Right. You right. put them in a wall, you put them in a hole, and you, t and you take everything from him, and he'll float right to the top every time if he's a fighter. Right. Mm. But it has to be an individual thing. You have to want to. What made you uh, decide you wanted to put down the heroin and change yourself? Say it again? What made you decide to deal with and get over the heroin addiction and change who you were? My children. So the ch you had these children do through your addiction. In other words, you impregnated their mom while you were using heroin. Yes, I had all this to start it with, with the marriage. Okay. And uh, when I saw my children taken from me and put in uh, institutions, that that reminded me. I know what it. I know what it did for me when I went when I went in an institution as such a young person. Even though uh, I don't consider child care facilities like a penitentiary, but to a child's mind, it could be devastating. Look, look, look! That's a penitentiary to a ten-year-old. Yes, it is. Uh, put in institutions, and uh, when I would go visit them, it reminded me of being in jail. And I, I had made up my mind that my, my child is not going to grow up like that. And if I, God gives me breath, I'm going to get him. So, what are the and steps? I made up in my mind right then and there that. Uh, I'm going to put everything aside, and my goal was to get my children. So tell us the steps you had to go through to get your children back. What did you do? What did you have to do? It took. It, did, it didn't happen overnight. It took about six years, um, and I, I'm not exaggerating. I guess it might have been a little less than that. Um, uh, first of all, I had more girls than I did boys, and uh, uh, Judge Juanita Stout was over family courts at wow. that time. Wow. They were determined not to give a man girls. That's what I was saying. So they gave things that I had What to was do. their reasoning for them? I had to have a mother for those children. Are you serious? Oh, are I'm you? Very serious. Jesus serious. Christ. I mean, these, are, these are unwritten rules that, that had to exist. I had to have an income for them. Um, they, they told you. They told you that you had to have a mother. Are you serious? They didn't use the word mother. It had to be a woman in a home. Wow. They didn't use the word mother. That's, crazy. That's some crazy shit. Wow. I had my girls. So what did you do personally? What? How did you begin your metamorphosis, if you will? 
Well, I began with prayer. Okay. I, I joined a, a holiness church. Uh, uh, I did everything I could to turn my life around from a, from a spiritual point of view into a physical point of view, and I was blessed. And, and God did move. I did. I did meet a beautiful young lady, and uh, she came into my life, and I was able to meet that criteria and, and get my children one by one. Were you represented by an attorney th- through this process? No, I wasn't. Wow. Wow. Never. The only thing I had was uh, a caseworker like Mary herself. Miss Pat was a little Jewish girl Pat. who became dedicated Beautiful. to from the Caucasian lady. Back together. Yep. And she really uh, went way, 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 way out, way beyond nine duties. to five yep. uh, to make it happen. Wow. So, Jean, Pat, wherever you are, God bless you. I remember my Powerful social workers in my journey through CYS in Pittsburgh. And from all of them that I remember, they were all Caucasians, initially males. And then I remember I had one female when I went out to live with my sister in, in the boondocks, I think. And I have to say, I lucked out and got some really wonderful social workers who really cared. And I think the difference back in the 70s and 80s from now, they were given a lot more independence. to. And the people first that came into the job came into it not expecting to make a lot of money, not even expecting the glory. But this is who they were and their calling, as you said, That's Mary. Me. Yeah. It's different now, it's I difference. think. And not only from the social workers' hands are tied because the powers that be are so concerned about being politically correct and doing all this other nonsense that it gets in the way of these social workers doing their jobs. So, Mr. Pitts, you're making this, this, this metamorphosis. You met this beautiful woman. What were you doing with respect to your kids to acquaint yourself with your kids? How were you making that happen? Well, it was a very difficult thing. My, my, my children were hurt. Uh, they were tormented and bitter. Uh, being divorced from, from their natural mother was a a uh, very difficult thing uh, to go through for them, as well as me. And we didn't have much support. You know, it, it's strange when you tear a family apart. We can barely hear you, Mr. Pitts. What happened? Yes, I did. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead. You know, uh, I'm, I'm saying it's a very difficult thing for children to, to take on a step a stepmother or a stepparent uh, and start life off with them being torn from their mother at a very early age. Let me ask you let me ask you this question and this is a question I wish to God I could have asked my, my biological mother but she passed away without me being able to ask her that. At what point if ever did you sit down with your children and take ownership of your responsibility and what they went through? All the time. I mean, I want to know I initially, when pretty, did you do that? Pretty early. I okay. mean, uh, um, I was very, um, I think I was very outspoken. I could have been too harsh and too stern. I was a strong disciplinarian. And, I, I mean, I, I was just straight out uh, with my children. I, I had, uh, No one doubted that I wanted my children. No one uh, denied that I loved them. I would do anything for them and go anywhere for them. Let me ask this question of Mary as you're sitting here. How? When's the youngest, the first memory you have of Dad sitting down with you saying, yo, Mary, this is what happened. This was where I was in my life, a low point in my life, so on and so forth. How young were you remember having that conversation with um, I remember way back when we were in, um, we had left uh, foster care. How um, old were you? At that point, 
we had transferred to another place called Stinton Child Care Center, and I think I was probably eight or nine, about nine. Okay. And about nine. And my father, when he came to see us, he always would talk to us about, you know, what he's doing. I mean, like, he cried a lot. Like, I remember that. Um, I remember him more than anyone. Were you the youngest of the four? No, the oldest of my mother's last four children. Okay. And those last four were the only ones that were your dad's? Yes. Yes. Do you have any connection with the first five? Yes. All yes, of, I do. All nine of you know each other and or have a relationship? Yes. Two of them passed away. I'm but, sorry to hear um, that. Yeah. But I'm closer probably to to my father's four. Okay. Yes. But I love all my siblings. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Pitts, are you still there? Yes. Um. When you started, what was your what was your plan of action, if you will, when you decided that you wanted to reconnect with your four kids? Did you just go all in, as Mary likes to say? And I'm still trying to get, understand what that means, but I like the, the expression. No, I had. I or did had you a take plan. it I step mean, by I, step? I wanted, I wanted a home, and I, and I wanted to uh, give my children uh, the opportunity to to make some good choices. Uh, I, I I think I pushed too hard. Um, and Mary probably would tell you, I, uh, my children were in, I wanted to get them in private school, but I couldn't afford it, so I got them in Catholic school. Okay. And um, I just pushed. Uh, my son, I put him in the Boy Scouts. Uh, I wanted Mary to go to dancing school. She didn't particularly like it, but I had a Christian uh, dancing school I wanted her to go to. Um, I, I, had a, I had a plan. I mean, uh, I, to I, was, I was working... <laughs> Part of that plan. Let me ask you a question. You said something about you um, started your sort of metamorphosis with the holiness faith or something like that. You said that, right? Yes. I know that my foster dad in Pittsburgh is a holiness minister. In my experience, unfortunately, by the time I had gotten to him, I had been baptized so many damn times, I didn't know what I was. <laughs> Everybody was Christian, but it was different faiths. But I, I do know that the holiness whole sort of religious structure is very strict, very role-oriented. For example, certain things that men did, only men, and certain things only women did. They've relaxed that over the years, but initially, that's how it was. Given your upbringing and the generation that you're coming from, did you find yourself being... Um, strict like that with your kids girls only dance boys only do heavy lifting or did none of that matter you just wanted to raise your kids uh, what was your what was somewhat, your philosophy uh, but but not to that degree okay somewhat okay. Um, how I, I important wanted, I wanted to be liberal enough to, to lift my he uh, said liberal if, wow if my girls I wanted yes I wanted my girls to be old and I wanted them to be feminine and this that and the other that's, that's the reason why I wanted them to go to dancing school or charm school as, as you would have it. Well, you know, some of the feminists at the table are biting their tongue because they want to call you a uh, male chauvinist, right, Renee? She's over there biting no, her tongue. No, I grew up in that same era, and I did the <laughs> ballet. I did all that stuff. I was daddy's little girl. It wasn't until later that I started to appreciate. Well, Mr. Pitts, when you said you wanted the women to be feminine, I saw her brow raise. That's why I said that. So let me ask you this, and I forgot my question. Oh, my God, I had an old person moment again. I'm so sorry. I was going to ask you something very, very profound. That's what I wanted to ask you. How important was it to you, Mr. Pitts? First and foremost, if I can be so bold to ask you, what's your educational background? Uh, right now I'm holding a Masters of Divinity. That's what I'm talking about. How important when you were... But, but can I say something? Yes, when he got us back, I don't... I think my dad either just... I don't know if he... Uh, dad, did you have your GED at that time? 
when we came back? And what did she say? She said, did you have your GED at the time that, that the kids came back to you? Yes, I did. I, okay. I got my GED, GED in prison. Okay. okay. How important was it to you, sir, the educational... Um, it was very important to me. Uh, Thank you. It was important, I was me. It was important dead. for my children. And very I important. Them, uh, pretty hard in that in, in that arena. I wanted all my children, all my children didn't enter college. All of them didn't graduate, but uh, Mary did, and she blamed it on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Pitts. She blamed it on me. I, I loved it. I, when she got her job at the city, I said to myself, well, long as she makes thirty five, forty thousand dollars blame it on me. <laughs> I know uh, that's right. I was very happy that she uh, finally graduated from college. In your generation growing up and in everything that you've seen from what you've been through, do you think that we as a black community and minority communities in, in, in general, black folk in particular, do you think we put enough emphasis on education, articulation, or do you think it's it's discussed and considered is, is uh, enough. And I'm not sure how I was trying uh, to ask that question. Can I add something to that? Yes, sir, I, I you can. Thank you for helping me. It's <laughs> um, secular now compared to what's really needed. Um, what do you mean? What, uh, um, there's an element missing in the black family today. And what is it? That I think it's more. I think it's almost more uh, important than education, and that's the unity and that's the place of the black man and the black woman. I, I, I think the division, I think the absentee of men being men and women being mothers is more detrimental to the downfall of our of our society as, as black people today than anything else. And I, you know what, uh, sir? I, I, I hear you, and a part of I, me I, agrees with I mean, you. How can you. It's almost like saying, uh, you're going to grow a flower, but you don't want a flower pot. The thing that holds it together, the the, 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 the village thing, the, the, the camaraderie of if you if I'm your neighbor and I see you doing something wrong, I have I have the right to speak to your child and right, even correct right. it. Right, and right, then, right. Uh, 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 the child grows up in a, in a in a in a community where everybody's involved, not just the mother and father. And if there's mother, if the mother's missing, they got an uncle or aunt. They don't make excuses. They 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 take out the excuse and just do it. So so I hear so, so many excuses. I mean, I hear you know I hear men saying I, I don't have a job, so I'd rather go to jail and support my children. That's not a man. I don't know what that is, but that's not a man. Wow. I hear women say I give up my children because I don't have a man. That's not a woman. That's not a mother. So what I see now, I hear people making excuses instead of doing. If you if if there's no man in your life, then it ought to be an uncle in your life. Somebody ought to take the place of whatever the missing element is, and we have to be responsible for that ourselves. Okay, let me stop you right there for a second, because my my feminist lesbo person's coming out, and let me say this: I think that in 2013, all families, black, white, brown, or purple. The problem that led us to this destruction and this deterioration of our family is too many strict and rigid emphasis on the roles. Mothers okay. and fathers okay. need to I, hold I on, hold on. Mothers and fathers need to be able to join together and do what the other one can't do. 
that's what Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, but, but I think the problem is nowadays, though, too many people, especially in the African-American <laughs> community, let's be real, too many people say these kids aren't making it because there's not a father at home. Bullshit. But Because but, you but, got I, kids with a mom right, at but, home but, and they're making and, and, and it. In a lot so of I, cases, I, I think We need to what, stop relying on the male-female role and just rely on what we have in front of us, dead. which is folks that are caring about these well, kids. But it's not happening. It but is in a lot of communities. It is. It is. The resident, this is the resident, older than everybody in the room, feminist. I was daddy's little girl. But you know what? That man took care of the four kids he had with my mother and the three kids that she had with her first husband. Okay. All right. When I divorced my daughter's father at age five, he took me to court. Not that he was trying to see her. He was just trying to be spiteful. I just thought it was a stupid ass thing to do. So why'd you take me to court again? I, I want, so I wound up going down to child support court, taking off from work. I'm not getting no child support, taking off from work, going down there, time and again, losing time at work, playing parking. And finally, by the time we got in front of the judge, I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. And my father's time, a man was a man. You made something, you take care of it. And that's what I told the judge. I'm out. I'm not right. going to stand down here and waste my time, okay, but, but you trying to make I'm him not, take care of. I'm not of challenging it. that. What I'm saying is we have to, re- we have to live in the real world. Family, but in the real world, it's women that's doing it. I understand right. that, so I, I, but there are too many. But the, let's be honest. There are a lot of things in the way of the men that want to do it. Yeah. There are two. There, come on, let's be honest. Yeah. A majority of my clientele in child support and custody are fathers trying to be there to raise their kids, and their wives and the baby mamas bullshit gets in the way. Let's be honest. Now that's I, about I, the, rest the idea, I, I, the I way that, that our, our our mothers and fathers have thought, and the way we've evolved as a community has changed. Right, but there are obstacles now that didn't exist back then. Right, but right. So how do we deal with it? And we can't go back and say we have to go back and get what we had. How do we deal with what we have today and go forward? Well, all we can do, um, I'm in agreement with both you and some, my father. Some, sometimes you do have to okay. go back Hello? to go forward. I hear you. I okay. You play chess or not. There's, there's, I do. There's, there's a I lot do. of times you have to make a back move in order to go forward. There you go. That's, that's, that's it. That's very, and, very true. I want to share this with you. There's, there's some facts of life, no matter how you want to change it and say it's not needed to bring balance to the situation. The, the negative, uh, uh, there's, there's a negative and a positive. The, 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 male, the male represents the negative and the female represents the positive. Without a negative and a positive, you have no That's life, you have no charge, you, you have no movement, you have no life. Huh. That's Period. You have no life. And huh. if, you, if we're going to have... Huh. I have a society where uh, the men uh, deposit children and and uh, back away, and you end up with a bunch of positive uh, humans all over the world taking over. Are you bleeping your own self out? And there's no negative. There's no male image in so. there. It, it's going to affect the children. It, it has already affected children. Right. It, it has affected. It has affected the adults. I like that expression that, that that men that are depositing children. That's all they're doing. Wow. Can see it. Hmm. Very, very obvious. Mr. Pitts, and we are running out of time. What I would ask from you, sir, is that you have a lot of wisdom to impart. You are this is your first and best opportunity here and now to 
depart some what drop some knowledge on some of these folks that are listening that are like the rest of us endeavoring to get back to this idea of a village what do you say to us sir i say back up and go to a very simple thing start out with prayer and it doesn't have to be a religious thing uh this has nothing to do with religion per se Mm. have a real relationship with god um and start out very, very simple as friends. Hmm. And and let's just go one step at a time. One step at a time. Hmm. It's in us. There's a there's a there's a spiritual DNA and then there's a natural DNA in every human being. And that means you have a certain amount of right and wrong that you that you know it's already there. You don't know how you know but it's there. Uh-huh. And if we just do the simple things, learn to like each other, learn to love each other. Do what you're doing now right on the radio. This is a blessing what you're doing on the radio to expose people need to need to express themselves, need to be able to talk, just to hear somebody know that uh, to know that somebody is going through uh, something with them. This is a great idea. I, I think these type of uh, uh, opportunities are going to make the change. You are making the change right now, and, you, and believe it or not, you're making a step backward, giving a foundation so that so that it will be a future in order to go forward. And, and I, I so kind of expected it. And to make a foundation, you got to dig down, mm-hmm. not build a pun. Right, dig down. Right. So you're digging okay. a hole in order that they have something to stand on. Mm. And we thank you so much, Mr. Pitts. Listen, we would like to invite you to come back for another show. The producer wrote something on the card, and I don't have my glasses. Anytime, anytime. It's called Dad's... Oh, no, we'll have you on the phone. You ain't got to be in Philly. We'll have you on the phone. She's contemplating a show with Dad's pulling traditions forward for youngins. I'm sure we'll have the title... um, um, cleaned up a little bit by then Mr. Pitts God bless you Thank you you have done a phenomenal Job with your daughter Mary And if any of your other children are like her God bless you Thanks dad She's an inspiration Thank you, Mr. Thank Pitts you, thank you so much all the glory. I haven't done anything Yes you, yes, did. you did Yes you have yes, you yes, did. You have. yes you did Don't be shy now Yes, you have. Mr. <laughs> Pitts God bless you Thank you so much Ladies and gentlemen thank we you. are unfortunately running out of time and as y'all know, on this this time on our shows, we give it over to Black, aka the Broke Poet. Show. Uh, um, real quick, I'm gonna I'm do this piece. I actually did this piece on episode 19, which was uh, "It Takes a Village," because wow. I think. Um, Listen to y'all with the episode numbers. I don't know the episode. We gotta number. be sharp like that. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> but um, I, I think. Thank God that DHS is here, but it, it's a shame that it has to be here because it would have never been created if we weren't the village we were supposed to be for our children from the very beginning. All right. It's called We All We Got. This generation is the representation of the early to late 80s babies emitted from an epidemic that spread with the quickness mom addicted and daddy maybe. Before our eyes, we watched our rise decline and our communities fall astray. I bet right about now, yeah, right now our ancestors are turning in their graves. And I cut on the television and catch a vision of a politician with a lot to say. How they can better this and that and higher and lower tax, but everything is still the same. Kids having kids, kids doing bids, public education overrated, they ain't really learning shit. We need to take a step back into history. 
You know those days when grandma ruled the house and men understood what hard work was about and you never saw a child with a filthy mouth because as far as discipline they had the whole damn family to worry about. Men were present to provide protection. Mama didn't have to play both roles. But we lost these principles somewhere along the road. The single dad and single mom presented just ridiculous. From what I was told, it takes a village to raise children. And everybody got two cents to present to the subject. But when it comes time to take action, everybody say, it. But there is still hope. As long as there's still a few people who believe in some things. As long as there's still a few men about change. We can prepare for the next just generation and bring hatred to a stop. Because mothers, we are all. And fathers, we are all. And family we are all we got it takes a village y'all mr pitts mary's dad mary's mom any of you out there carolyn hill family members like you we appreciate that you step up and want to be a part of your of your family members your neighbors lives but let's be honest and real about when and how we step up groups like uh, the Crosswords Resource Center for Women. Every mother is a working mother's network. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to disagree, but if you're going to provide services, be honest about what you're providing. Never, ever, ever let a resource for a child be left not knowing what he or she can do to put herself and ultimately those kids in a better damn position. And if you do that, shame on you. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening for the people law and playing language. We want to give a special shout out to Mary and her father. God bless you. Thank you. Robin, our um, assistant producer, thank you for being here. Black the Broke Poet, our producer. As we be out, y'all, we're going to leave you with a final song that DJ Supertang gave us. It's Black Sheep. And their song is called Similac Child. Wow. It's it's pretty good. And this wow. is the producer. And I want to say that. Um, I gave a rendition earlier of The Elephant in the Room. I mean, the show was a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't an attempt to mock, but it was saying that there were some cognitive issues that no one was addressing. It was not addressed at all. There's some, I'm not sure whether it's mental health, but there was some cognitive, there were some educational levels that were not being addressed. So you can't just say, this woman is not getting these kids because of all these things, and no one addressed. Because if you don't address it, if you don't say this is a problem, then there's no change that's going to happen. So, the, And to ignore it as a potential problem, does that person you're trying to service an enormous disservice? Mm. Say bye, fam. We out. Good night. Made a right, stepped off, took a flight Upstairs, up more, made a left and hit 
Looked down at my shoes and the cuff in my slacks Hand inside my pocket came out with something sticking Double mint goes in my mouth Drawers are breaking north and south Look around to see who's looking Figure that my breath was cooking So, in the bathroom I go And fixing his fro You guessed it, the long one What's up, black? Goes the hand smack I get the feeling that it's time for some black sheep fun The club is on the bourgeois urinal holding a cigar Thing you never know Probably a filly Long cracks a smile Oh no, here it comes Then says Yo, Drez, honey made you look silly Step back in the joint And yeah, it's kind of funky My breath no longer kicking So now it has Information presented on For the People Is provided as general legal information the general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.